I may be lazy, I may be fat, I don't do laps, and I do not chat. I may be selfish, yeah, and all of that, but the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat. I may be bossy, I may lack grace, I don't do sit-ups to trim my waist. I may be thoughtless, yeah, and all of that, but the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat. I don't have charm or much pizzazz. I don't chase mice and all that jazz. I may be sassy, yes, and all of that. But the one thing I'm not, yeah, the one thing I'm not, I say the one thing I'm not is a scaredy. Hello folks, welcome to another edition of the 31 Days of Riding Beef, the 2016 edition. This is the very first episode of that, obviously. And uh, I didn't follow through last year, I had some, some problems with whatever, I didn't I, I didn't get to do everything. But this year, I'm really sticking it out for my dear friend Troy, who passed away at age 34 from three different kinds of cancer. And that's, that's a lot for somebody to undertake, especially friends and family. And uh, this is a guy who loved the genre. He loved going to convention. He got to meet all kinds of tasty people because he traveled everywhere. He got to meet Stan Winston, and that, that's that's the thing I was always the most jealous of that he got to meet Stan Winston before his his passing. But enough with the the super sad stuff. I'm gonna kick it off with a bang, if you will, with uh, the Jack Shoulder written and directed film Alone in the Dark from 1982. <laughs> Here's the trailer. Are you afraid of the dark? Sometimes. It's sort of fun. When I was a little kid, I was scared to death to be alone in the dark. something that I couldn't see that wanted to get me. Hold on. What's the matter now? Did you hear that? In the closet. Oh, my God. Outside the window. The worst thing of all was the thing under the bed. Billy! It isn't real. This is a very serious situation. <laughs> I know that we're all a little on edge here tonight, but let's take it easy, okay? I mean, this is an old house. There are all kinds of sounds. Martin Landau, Dwight Schultz, Erland Van Blith, Alone in the Dark. All right. Yeah, this film... <clears throat> sorry about that again. Uh, 
features a great cast. It's got Jack Palance, Donald Pleasance, Martin Landau, Dwight Schultz, who you may know as Holly Bad Murdoch from the A-Team. And uh, this this actor, who uh, I'm, I'm going to bring up, because I think he's pretty special to me, because he was all over my childhood. Erlen Van Linth, who uh, plays a character called Fatty, because he's a big, big old, tall, heavy set guy. And, you know, he plays a, well, one of the inmates in this film. Or, well, you know, whatever you want to call him. But um, he was in Stir Crazy with um, Richard Pl- Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. He played like their 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 heavy set uh, inmate they got stuck with as their celly as as punishment from Craig T. Nelson. And he sings, and it's it's pretty adorable. And he also played Dynamo in The Running Man, if you guys remember what that is. But um, <clears throat> the film starts out uh, crazy time where they they Martin Landau and Jack Palance are sitting in a diner where Donald Pleasance is like the the short order cook and it turns into this crazy fucking dream sequence where Donald Pleasance is leading them inside this giant oven of sorts. It looks like a giant flaming hole, gaping hole in the wall <coughs> or slit in the wall, if you will. And uh, Martin Landau wakes up screaming, making that great Martin Landau face. You come to find out that Martin Landau and the Jack Palance character and, and, and many others are, are stuck inside this and not stuck inside They're They're, criminally insane they're in the third floor which is the the criminally you know violent ward of this mental hospital run by donald pleasance and one one's a pyromaniac and i think that, that that's that's martin landau's character's the pyromaniac well one um no that's jack jack palace is the pyromaniac i'm sorry the other one's just really violent play the martin landau character and uh fatty who, who i mentioned earlier is a is a child molester and that's why they're all put away in this this place which seems like a really Smith's Grove type place because they let a lot of folks just wander around for no good reason and that makes it really strange but Donna Pleasance the, the good doctor he he's taken on some new help in the form of Dwight Schultz's character <clears throat> who's this um, hotshot doctor I guess and he can't really understand uh, we we Donnie P as as uh, Doctor Bain, well as as the Baz would call him, uh, we Donnie P. Doctor Bain's uh, weird methods in dealing with these violent criminals, which involves him whispering stuff into their ears, and they calm down pretty much immediately. So he's got some kind of weird hold on these people, as far as maybe like some safe words. It's never really said, and yeah, it, it's kind of like an unknown thing. But anyway, um. The new doctor starts to take a shine to some of these patients, including the our, our three main three main guys in this film. And um, something rubs Martin Landau the wrong way because he's he's fucking crazy. So he sends Fatty into the office, and Fatty gets a hold of the good doctor's um, address to his home. And <laughs> this is where all hell breaks loose because this is when you get the blackout. Of course, the convenient blackout in town, which knocks out all the power. So. These three guys escape in a van, but much like Michael Myers, you know, to go find the good doctor's house and to fuck with him, you know, and to kill people and do all kinds of nasty stuff because they get a um, they get a hold of like a hockey mask and a knife and a crossbow, which is important in the film because crossbows random as fuck. Uh, but anyway, they they, they go they, they go to the Martin Lana goes to the house and sees that that's the that's where he lives and that's where that's the, that's where this family is. He has a wife and a young in uh, a young daughter and an older daughter who apparently has some kind of mental psychosis as well. 
but she's uh, she's home for the weekend or home for forever, whatever. But um, this is where shit starts to get really bad because eventually Fatty comes to the house and interacts with the daughter. He takes her upstairs. Nothing happens supposedly, but he's a child molester, so you, you already know this. So that's kind of weird. And uh, the 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 babysitter, uh, the normal babysitter, and her boyfriend, of course, are having sex, which is a no no in a slasher film. So they get taken out by you have to only assume Martin Landau because he's under the bed with his giant knife and he slices and dices the the boyfriend and then eventually gets the. The t- of course, you can see titties in this part. Although they're very, uh, whatever, they're ample. But, you know, she, she dies too, of course. Because, you know, this is, this is a slasher film. This eventually leads to, you know, the power still being out. And, um, the dud, the Demcom, going to have dinner. Kind of like that scene in Year Next where they're all like, having, oh, it's real nice, supposedly having dinner. And I'm sure, t- um, the filmmakers saw this, you know, with the whole bow and arrow aspect. All of a sudden, the three guys, the three guys, uh, three bad guys show up, and of course, um, start terrorizing the family in this great siege films style that either you like or you don't like. I think it really works in this aspect because they set up the characters so well. Whereas a lot of those siege films are just kind of like, oh, why are they here? What are they doing? You know exactly why they're there and what they're doing. They're fucking crazy. They escape from the mental hospital. And they're, you know, there to terrorize this doctor and his family because they, they're fucking psychotic. So, of course, the, the, the crossbow comes into play and it just starts firing arrows through the window. And eventually, you know, everybody gets in the house. The pyromaniacs start fires in the basement. And then you find out a big reveal at the, at the end, which is kind of like a, the only real problem with this film was the throwaway of who is the fourth guy that escaped. It happens to be, because the, the, the daughter is a big old protest junkie. She went to go protest nuclear power or something with this. And she met this guy at the nuclear power protest. And this guy happens to be the fourth inmate. And he, he churns on them right at the right time at the end of this movie. But the fact that it just happens to be this guy is the only thing that really tweaks my melon about uh, this movie. It's like, yeah, it's just it's a little convenient. And... But that's fine, because the rest of the movie is, is fucking amazing. And, uh, you know, of course, it t- a typical... And I, th- I think they just like took like this, took the best parts of Pleasant's character from Phenomena and the best parts of his character from Halloween, and they put them together in this character, because he eventually makes it to the, the doctor's house to find the killer, because eventually they figure out the, their plan. I mean, this is a lot of Halloween tropes. They rob, they rob the local hardware store to get supplies for for killing. They have the the doctor per- pursuing them as as they go and attack in this house. <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with that. This is just slasher tropes 101. And I know I'm not hating on that, but but I I can't really pick one or the other either because the the characters they play in the film are so insane. And I think that this is on par. You know, dare I say, with, with Halloween, not not better than Halloween, I wouldn't say, because it's the, the it didn't have like the Jack Carpenter score and all that good stuff. But I'd say it's 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 right up there. It should be right up there on the same shelf as Halloween, as far as viewing goes. And I'm really glad I got to review this one for this for the very first episode because I think it's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, eventually, you know, they they. They don't all die, though. It's really strange, because there's this really strange scene at the end where one of our characters 
makes it into a club and somebody gives him a gun or something and then it fades to black so they, <clears throat> you have to assume that he's going to do something bad with this gun because he's the last survivor of the crazy psychotics in this film oh man but pound for pound I'd say Jack Schilder did a wonderful job in this film it being his debut I mean he um, he really knocked it out of the park as far as having his place in the slasher genre with this one uh, performances were great like I said, Landau is just making them faces, and he's batshit crazy. And it's um, Donald Pleasance is he's not he's not the best, but there's a scene at the end where he's gonna meet his demise at the hands of Martin Landau, where he starts quoting biblical verses, and and, and, and Martin Landau just whisper. I'd imagine now that's the big reveal that he's whispering like little biblical verses to their ears to to, to calm them down, but. This didn't call Martin Landau down, no, because he he uh, he kills the, the the beloved doctor, and uh, yeah, all 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 is great in this film. Solid score, solid everything. There's a great scene that is on par with the garbage day scene, and for Southern Night Deadly Night Two, where um, they pursue a mailman and they really want his hat, so something really hilarious happens. Um, but Jack Shoulder, Alone in the Dark. Solid debut, like I said, and if I had to give it a great rating, and, and I, I highly recommend it, if you haven't seen it before, this is, like I said, first time watch for me, and um, I give it 8 out of 10, I think it was, like, what I think it has its place, I think it's kind of perfect, and um, I think you guys all should watch it if you've never seen it before, and uh, don't watch New Year's Evil or nothing like that, just pick Alone in the Dark as part of your, your, your repertoire, your slasher needs. Because there's a lot of crap out there, and this is a real gem amongst the, the garbage. So uh, this is Gary signing off. See you again for day two with a French film called Baby Blood, which I really enjoyed. Spoilers. Let's we'll see you guys all for day two of the 31 Days of Rotting Beef 2016. Bye-bye.